Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the show, Isabel Guarino-Smith. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, Isabel, we've known each other for a number of years, and I consider your dad, who unfortunately is no longer with us, a dear friend. So, so sorry to hear about his passing. He was an icon in the industry. And for those who don't know you or your dad, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, So my dad really got started in this industry when his mom needed help, and he kind of fell into it the way many people do, right? A need personal to yourself. And then it turned into, hey, this is a really great business opportunity. And he ended up selling all the other real estate investment properties that he had and diving all into residential assisted living. So it's very similar to, I know what you guys are doing out in Lake Charles with the boutique assisted living, we really focus on residential homes. So since my dad got started in it, we've now have three homes of our own and we've taught thousands of people across the country how to do this. We have students in all 50 states now, which is pretty incredible. And everyone's hopefully getting more and more successful residential assisted living homes up and running for the soon to be silver tsunami hitting the shores. (laughs) Absolutely. A lot of people think that it's the aging baby boomers that are really driving the demand in assisted living. But the fact is, if you actually do the math, and baby boom started in 1945, you do the math, most of the baby boomers aren't old enough yet to be in assisted living. There's still a handful of years to go. So a lot of the growth that's happened in the senior housing industry has been in anticipation of that growth that has yet really to materialize. Correct. Definitely. Right now, the silent generation is who's currently living in assisted living. The baby boomers are to come, but it's really the silent generation who we still don't have enough supply for. The demand is still outweighing the supply, and it's only going to continue to grow and grow with the mass amount of baby boomers to come. Now, we're big proponents of the, the residential care model People live their entire life usually in a house. They don't want to go onto the sixth floor of a facility that I call it sometimes a hospital with a better paint job. Yeah. And, and you know, that's kind of what it is. It has that institutional feel. Food is being served cafeteria style on steamer trays. It really does not feel like home. And yet, this is home for mom or dad for the foreseeable future. Yep. I know it's really scary. And a lot of people don't realize what's happening to, you know, and in this industry, right? They they think, oh, they have to be taking care, great care of mom or dad because I'm paying such a high dollar amount. But once the reality hits and they see what's happening inside these homes, it's not very nice. And it can be home-like all day, but it's not a home unless it's a home. (laughs) And that's what I know we both love to focus on, making it a true home for those seniors. Exactly. And of course, the other major factor is the caregiver ratio in the big box facilities. You're talking caregiver ratios, sometimes in excess of 32 to one at night. If you're that poor bugger at three in the morning that needs help getting up to use the bathroom, boy, you're going to be waiting a long time. And and that's just not the level of care that we want people to be having on a daily basis. 
Apart from owning and operating some of these care homes yourselves, you've taken a role as really thought leaders in the industry by educating people on a very large scale. And I know you have literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of students who you've taken through the whole education of how you set up a care home, how you operate it, the licensing, uh, the staffing, all of the you know dozens of moving parts associated with this. What have you discovered? I know there's regional differences. There are state-to-state licensing differences in terms of how these operate. What's been your experience? Because we're only really in one area of the country. We're, we're not taking a national perspective that you are. What, what have you noticed? It's really interesting nationally because when one rule or law gets changed, let's say in Utah, we like to alert everyone, right? With the RAL National Association, we have a legal component of that where if anything passes or changes or is up for discussion, we alert everybody because if it passes in one place, the odds of it then getting passed in another skyrocket because they're going to say, well, look, they did it. So we kind of have our finger on the, the button looking at the entire country, what's going on with all of the different regions and markets, because whatever happens somewhere might affect somewhere else. And in most importantly, is that some of these states don't even have a lot of rules and regulations surrounding these homes yet, which is kind of scary. Like, I like that there's hoops to jump through in this industry because I don't want just anyone getting in. I don't want riffraff taking care of grandma. Like, no, we want the best of the best people who are willing to kind of play ball, jump through hoops, who have grit and are willing to move forward, you know, as investors. So it's really important to kind of keep your eye on the whole country because it will eventually affect your one market. And being a free member of the RAL National Association is a great way that you can kind of just keep your eye on that and see the trends that are upcoming. And just to be clear, you're not talking about bureaucracy for bureaucracy's sake. It's really setting high standards because that's really what the industry needs. A hundred percent. And it's just really making sure exactly that. It's not to keep anything to get crazier. I want it to be like well-maintained for everyone, for the safety of the seniors. Like you said, 30 to one, that is because there's a lack of a law surrounding that. Now, I don't think we need to necessarily put in a law that says five to one, even though that's the ratio I always recommend, right? But we should put something uh, surrounding that. It doesn't maybe have to be a number, but just to say as much as you can handle is not keeping our seniors very safe. Yeah, absolutely. We've come to the conclusion that really the the core of running successful boutique assisted living business, it, it for us, it comes down to three fundamentals. And uh, Lo Hornbuckle, my partner, I, you know Lo as well, has been a, a guest on the show. And it comes down to really three principles, great care, great communication, and great food, those three things. And if you do a good job of those three and you make that part of the corporate culture and you really ingrain that in everybody from the executive director to the executive chef on down, then you really have the opportunity to create something that for the residents is a is a fantastic experience. And, and we see that in the reviews, in the feedback that we get from the clients, And moreover, when you walk in the door, you can feel it like there's an energy that you can feel you can. I think your dad once said you can walk into some facilities and you can literally smell the neglect. Yeah, yeah. The opposite is true as well. You can tell literally just by walking in, seeing how the staff interact, 
with the residents, see how the staff interact with each other. That's also very telling. And you can see the energy that they're bringing. Now, when we talk about assisted living, it doesn't matter whether it's large facilities or small. The top issue today by far nationwide is staffing. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, an acute and chronic shortage of staff. Right. What is it about this model that may or may not attract more staff or better staff as compared with some of these larger institutions? Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is over the last couple of months, we've found that especially with COVID and everything happening in the larger hospitals, nurses and CNAs and HHAs, they are overworked and they are just like going crazy in those environments where they're not being well taken care of. They're not being respected. And really, when you think of the heart of someone who went into a medical profession, whenever you ask them, why do you choose this career? It's almost always, I want to help people. And then they get into the job and they literally aren't able to because of the way that the system is set up. And then they feel bad internally because they're like, well, I want to do this, but I can't give the quality care that I want to. So sometimes explaining to staffing like, hey, I know that this is where your heart is and getting to it's not just a job. It's like getting to the heart of the matter. You came in for a reason. I can actually help you feel good and fulfill that, make an impact with your career. It gives them relief. And like a lot of times they will like cry after working in the smaller homes because they're just so happy that they're finally able to make a true impact and see what their work feels and does on a day-to-day basis. There's something about this business that's a little bit different. We see it also even staffing, uh, for example, food preparation. Um, mm. My partner, Lowe, is opening a new facility in Denton, Texas uh, this week. And in the run-up to that, we put out an ad for an executive chef. Now, it's no secret that restaurants are having a hard time hiring these days. Right. Well, this is not an exaggeration. We had dozens and dozens of highly qualified people applying to be the executive chef And I think it gets to exactly what you talked about. People want to be able to do good work. They want to be able to create. They they find that rewarding, but they also want to have a life. They want to be able to do it in an environment that's going to be uplifting and inspiring. And if they're just at the line as a line cook in a in a greasy spoon up to eleven o'clock every night, having no time with their family, it's a different experience. All across the board, from the person who owns, you know, the assisted living home to the caregivers to the chef, it's about creating that experience for someone's job, right? The changes we've had in our world have really affected how we all want to work, how we all want to interact in our daily life. When people got to work from home, I've been blessed. I've pretty much been able to work from home, you know, even pre-COVID. But when people got to do that, they said, oh, I can do my laundry in the middle of the day and walk my dog in the middle of the day. And they got their life back. And it was a new thing that now you're right. If a chef can say, hey, I can come in and work from morning to noon, basically, and, you know, go on or something like that, or even just have a job where they get to do their own creations. They don't have to make that Chili's hamburger or lasagna or whatever. They get to have fun in the kitchen. It's like, that's what people want. Fulfillment, fun, respect, and love. And if you can provide that in these homes from the top down, that's what really matters, I think. From a business standpoint, you've been coaching and mentoring folks all over the country. What are the ingredients that you would say 
make for a successful residential care home versus one that's really going to struggle? Oh, I love that question. I really think to me, it's about what one, one of the things you said, I was like, Ooh, yeah. Communication. I think communication, how you're marketing yourself to the market, how you're communicating to the, we call them daughter Judy's, right. The the adult child who's looking for care for mom or dad, usually the one paying for the care, the seniors, the caregivers, everyone it's having really, really strong and effective communication to have every everybody buy into what you're doing because it is so different than the big box communities. So something I find in our most successful people is from the marketing down to the policies and procedures, the communication is really strong and distinct. And it's saying like, this is what we stand for. This is what we accept, what we don't accept. And it makes everybody almost have a side because it's like, okay, I know what to expect when I walk into this home. And also I know what I'm allowed to complain about if I don't see it fitting in line, right? Because this is what they stand for. So I think communication is absolutely key. And then quality, we really have to be bringing better quality to this entire industry when it comes to the staff, the food, like you said earlier, and then even just the homes. We're always suggesting people are using upscale, beautiful, you know, luxurious homes because these are seniors' last years of life. Like they deserve the best of the best. And I want to be able to provide that to them. And I'm excited that we're able to teach so many students how to do that as well. Not only cash flow, a lot of money, but really just provide quality. Like we say, do good and do well. Absolutely. Well, Isabel, love the perspective. Uh, If folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? RAL Academy is our website, ralacademy.com. We have a whole bunch of fun stuff on there, books, webinars, trainings, whatever you want. Feel free to check it out. We're happy to connect with you guys however you would like. And you also hold a large national conference every year as well, correct? Yes, it is happening September 29th through October 2nd here in Phoenix, Arizona at the Arizona Grand Resort. It's an incredible event. There's usually over like 800 people, 70 vendors. It's just kind of the place to be whether if you're in the senior care industry at all. Fabulous. Well, Isabel, lovely to connect. Thank you for the perspective. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Isabel and her team at RELacademy.com. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.